Welcome to Beyond the Roadmap, product talk with AWH, a podcast for product people, by product people. Join us as experts share their experiences and expertise to help you build great products. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Roadmap. My name is Lucas Latour, and I am the host. Today, my guest is Sarah Saldoff, who is head of product and user experience at Ohio Health. Sarah has a long history of leading strategy and digital transformation, helping you know scale product teams. So I'm really excited to dive in and talk about her experience and what her life is like as a product leader. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, for sure. How, how are you doing today? Hanging in there. Wednesday, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we just uh, had the, the 12 o'clock sirens on Wednesday. And um, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess that means it's officially half over. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, true. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to dive in and, and talk about your experience in life as a product leader. Um, I guess just to start out, how did you originally get into product? What made you decide to to go into the product world? Yeah, so for me, I have a really deep background in marketing, but within that role within marketing, the things that I've always kind of gravitated towards are the things that deliver a lot of value and also kind of build new things, whether that's a product or a service or an offering. And so my career has always kind of led me in that direction. Mm. And when I came to Ohio Health, we were just starting our digital journey. And the things that we were working on, you know, the two big projects that kind of came my way were the development of um, our first app and also completely redesigning the website from the platform up. And so you know, as we started to think about that, we really dug into what that meant, you know, building those channels, they were kind of our original products. And then as Ohio Health has changed, and as we've dug into more of our digital journey, and our digital transformation, our channels have matured, and our products have actually changed. And so now we're really thinking more from an omnichannel experience perspective, and our products are starting to grow from that perspective. And so now we have products and we also have channels. And so we're trying to figure out how all of those things kind of mesh and, and come together. So my my entrance into product has really been organic and over time. And it's just based on the things that I've kind of excelled in the things that I've liked to do in my career. That's awesome. And it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about the digital transformation efforts and some of the, the things going on inside Ohio Health. What is is your role like at, at a high level? Like I, I know you're you're leading product and user experience, but what is what is that uh, experience like on like a day to day kind of basis? What are your core like focuses? Yeah, foci. Foci. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I like it. So I think you know it's funny. You know, you get titles, and you know, you assume you know like this is what it means. You're the head of something, or you know, you're doing user experience. Like, what does that mean? I mean, really, at the end of the job, at the end of the day, my job is really about supporting my growing team, removing blockers that they run into, educating our organization on digital and what it means and how it can help improve everybody's lives being a storyteller in a lot of ways, right? Mm. So making sure that we're telling the story of the value that we're delivering and how we can help and then being an influencer. And so getting, you know, we have a, we have a large organization, we have 35,000 associates and 
bringing people along for that journey, change is the hardest part of my job. Helping people to understand that the change that we're bringing is positive and what we want to do is going to impact people in positive ways because change is hard. And so helping people to align um, and bringing that influence to bear is um, super important. So that's really more of what my role is um, than any kind of fancy title. Gotcha. No, and that's that's a, a great clarification. Uh, you know, especially in the world of product, titles can mean so many different things. So that's that's super interesting to to get a little glimpse into into what your life is like in, in your role. Um, for I imagine a lot of our listeners probably already know about Ohio Health and sort of what it does, but I was wondering, maybe you could just give us a, a little bit of a, like a description of what, what exactly is Ohio Health and what does it do? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so Ohio Health is a large nonprofit healthcare system in Ohio. We're primarily based in Columbus. However, we actually have hospitals in our region as well. And so we have 12 hospitals, about 35,000 associates, and you know we serve millions of um, customers or patients um, every year. Wow. Yeah. And I think before when we were talking, uh, at, and even as somewhat at the beginning of the podcast, you started to talk about sort of this, this journey of digital transformation, the, these, these channels and, and things that you're serving. So I, I guess what are some of the, the bigger goals that, you know, you're striving towards as part of the healthcare system? I mean, the goals that we're working towards as a system, I mean, I, I think at one point, Ohio Health kind of put it into three things. They, we call it simple, accessible, and affordable. So mm-hmm. if you think about, you know, what's simple, like how how is healthcare easy to use? I mean, I don't know if you've had any recent experiences in healthcare, but healthcare is hard to navigate. It's difficult to understand who you should go to for what, when, where, why. You know, we do not make anything easy. And so, you know, that is a big focus of the things that my team is working on. How do we remove that friction? Accessible. Accessible means lots of things in healthcare. That could mean the accessibility of not having to wait three months to see a specialist. That could be, you know, having, making sure that the systems are accessible that you need to have um, immediate access to. That could be being accessible in terms of being able to reach somebody when you need them. So we start to think about what does accessible mean? And then affordable. So I don't know if you've gotten a bill recently in healthcare, <laughs> all of your listeners, but um, it's usually sticker shock. Um, and if you think about, I think, you know, one of the latest things I read was, you know, most people, at least a third of their paychecks, if not more, go to healthcare. Like that's insane. And so, you know, this, that to me is not just a government problem or a business problem. Like that's an entire industry. That's an entire country problem. And so, you know, what is Ohio Health's role in that? And so we're thinking about how do we help drive down the cost of healthcare so that it's affordable for people um, moving forward? Yeah. So, you know, as a, as a product leader, uh, I, I guess my, my question is, especially working in, in, you know, with hospitals and, and healthcare, what do you really consider to be your product that you're, you're leading? Yeah. I mean, so at Ohio Health, we have two main product lines right now that we are working on. So we've got virtual health. So if you think about all of the video visits, remote patient monitoring, um, how your device connects in, things like that. So that's one of our product lines. Um, we have another product line that is around customer engagement and how we're engaging with our customers um, and how we're outreaching to them. 
and how we're making sure that they're matching up with the types of things that they need. So for example, when you turn 40 as a woman, you are likely told by your physician that you need to have a mammogram. Well, how nice would it be if we could just send you a text message that says, hey, um, happy birthday, you're 40, here is the appointments that you need, and here's the available times, right? So thinking about how we can make that experience easier from a customer engagement perspective. And then we're also working on our clinician front door. So as we think about what that product starts to look like and how we make life easier for our clinicians in order to make it easier for our patients, right? So if our clinicians are happy and they can get to the things that they need easier, that makes also life easier for the patient because then the system is working. And then um, on my team, we're still responsible for our channels. And so, you know, we still have our website and our app and all of the things that kind of encompass those um, omnichannel experiences that we were talking about earlier. And so those are some of the products and how we're starting to view things, both, both from a product perspective and from a channel perspective. And it will also be interesting, too, because um, Ohio Health spends some time working on fusion teams, which are small innovation teams that kind of go out and work quickly to see what can be accomplished in a year's worth of time. And we have a new fusion team that's kicking up, and that usually kicks out um, some new product teams as well. So I'm excited to see um, where we land with some of that. Yeah, that's that's a super interesting thing. And I, I, I wanted to touch on the fusion teams a, a little bit later, but I actually, now that you bring it up, I'm I'm curious, like how this like idea of fusion teams came about and like, how does that drive innovation in your system? Yeah. So for us, it came about, we did our first official fusion team last year around throughput in the hospital system. Throughput in hospitals is um, very important. It's basically how you move through the system and how we, you know, after you've, um, you know, come to see us, how we actually discharge you and get you out of the system. So nobody wants to wait in an emergency department for, you know, 24 hours. That's a horrible experience. And we want to be able to keep everything moving. And so the first thing that we did was we were having challenges in the system just in terms of we were over capacity and we were thinking about how can we really approach this problem. And as happens in many organizations, with all of the right intentions, people throughout the system, you know, every hospital was working on their own version of what throughput could look like or could be worked on. And what you get when that happens is then you have 150 projects that are happening, but nobody's making substantial inroads into the work because everybody's doing it on a one-off basis. And so there were a couple of us that came together and said, hey, if we could create like this kind of mini fusion team, and we had awesome support from our senior leaders who were willing to give people over to the cause. Um, And we went a little rogue and we said, okay, we're going to pull these people together and they're going to be this team that works on fusion um, and dedicated to on the fusion team for throughput. And they're going to be dedicated to the work. And we actually had incredible results from it. And so we proved the model, right? We proved that if you could get people dedicated to this work and then, you know, they still have a network, right? I mean, like nothing happens in a hospital system with just seven people. That's almost Mm. impossible. There's so many layers of things that you have to go through. But having those people who are concentrated on that work, multidisciplinary, working together on a very focused, defined problem was very impactful and resulted in lots of great things for our system. And so now we know that that model works and now we're looking forward to the next one that we're going to be doing. Yeah. So you mentioned this, this idea of throughput and it kind of relates to one of the things I wanted to ask you, which is 
how do you think about user experience in in your role? Are you are you really focusing on sort of like the digital user experience or does it come out into, you know, like the physical world and things like waiting times and, and that sort of stuff? How do you think about user experience? Yeah, user experience for us is definitely not just a digital experience. You know, that is definitely part of the things that we are creating and doing and making sure that those are on point. But when you're thinking about an omnichannel experience, like those things touch into the hospital space or into the doctor's office. And so all of those things that you mentioned, right, whether it was the wait times or whatever else that people are doing, you know, those are real impacts into people. And so when you go and start your investigation, you can't just be like, well, I'm only going to look at the digital things, right? I mean, because what we're doing impacts so many of those other parts and pieces. So what we usually find is, um, I've always called my team the flashlight. So, you know, our user experience team goes in, they start investigating something. And usually what we find is, you know, it's not just broken in the actual experience of the product. It can likely be broken in other places, right? Whether that's a operations break um, or a clinician break or whatever the case may be. And so for us, when we're building out our products, we have to look at everything in totality. And so that's how we're driving a lot of change. So we're not just changing the experience, but we're changing all of the underlying parts and pieces. So, you know, one of our key partners in in this journey, not only technology, but also our operations partners, right, and our clinicians. And so, you know, I was actually just on LinkedIn and one of our physicians was actually talking about one of our products. And to Mm. me, that was like, I'm like, God, that's success right there. I'm like, the fact that our physician can be the the spokesperson for the product because they know it so well, because they're spending so much time making it better and working alongside alongside us. That to me is how you increase and make the user experience better. And so we're looking at it in totality and not just from a specific digital perspective. Mm. No, I love that. And and that's that's awesome that you're getting that kind of response with your products. That's that's really cool to hear. One of the questions I have is given the fact that you're in a healthcare setting and user information seems to be protected by things like HIPAA and that sort of stuff. I guess like how do you approach like gathering data when you're when you're trying to understand things like you know, usability and, or, you know, just gathering feedback. Yeah. I mean, so on the usability side um, and, you know, talking to our patients, you know, we are allowed to reach out to them to say, are you willing to, you know, have further conversations and they can say yes or no. And then, you know, people Mm. will, you know, we can go in and have usability types of conversations. We also partner closely with our um, consumer research panel and we have like a customer panel that we can also access of people who have opted in to be contacted for that type of work. So that's helpful. And then just in terms of, you know, HIPAA and data and, you know, the collection of information, you know, that has always been, you know, one of the more challenging parts of healthcare. But as I reflect on it, right, I mean, now you go to any new website and you get the pop-ups for the cookies and everything else. And as you think about, you know, what's happening in Europe and you think about some of the regulations that are coming out of California, you know, this is going to be an all marketers challenge, right? I mean, the data is not going to be the same as it used to be and how we're able to leverage it and use it. And so I think the fact that healthcare was so slow in it might actually be something that saves it in the long run. Who knew that that was possible? But I think that as we move forward, it's really about the opt-in 
right? So how do you get people to want to opt into the things that you're talking about that where they have feel like they have a vested interest in making it better so that you can so that you can leverage that data um, in more significant ways? Hmm. This is a pretty general question or at a high level, but like, how do you think about in- incorporating feedback as part of your process for iteration? Like, is there a certain cadence or frequency with which you try to s- seek feedback on, on products? How do you incorporate it? Yeah. So, um, in some cases it's directly like built into the products themselves. Right. Mm. So, you know, we're popping up a survey or questionnaire kind of within the product itself to ask questions to see um, if the product is doing what it needs to. We also press Ganey is um, a system that, or a, a company that we use at a high level for like things like virtual health. However, like that's from, that's an entire experience from an entire experience perspective, but they do have some questions that touch on some of our products. And so we're able to leverage that. And then just in the daily, you know, building of the products, right? I mean, we're talking to customers all the time, whether that's a clinician who's the customer or a patient who's the customer or an end consumer, that is just built into what we're doing because we're not going to, we test and learn everything. There's no, there's nothing that basically like hits everybody all at once. It has been thoroughly tested or piloted um, well in advance of hitting a lot of people. And so part of that is a constant conversation that we're having with our customers. I think the interesting part is the interesting change for us is we, (laughs) when the pandemic hit, you know, back in March of last year, I'm like, I can't believe it's been a year. When that hit, we were like on a path to actually having regular cadence of usability and user experience sessions, like on a regular basis, but that got disrupted. And so now that we've been in this for a while, you know, we're looking for this year to, to revamp that and figure out how we'll be doing that on a regular basis. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny you, you, you bring up, you know, 2020 and the pandemic. Cause that was actually the, the next thing I was going to ask you about. And it's actually one of the things that kind of, you know, last time we talked, it, hearing a bit of, of your experience was, was pretty, you know, remarkable to me. Like that, just to think like all of the things that you must have had to deal with during, you know, this past year and more than a year now. So I guess, you know, outside of the, user uh, uh, experience kind of sessions and having a regular cadence around that. I guess like what, what were some of the, the ways in which you were challenged as a product team during the pandemic and maybe even still are being challenged? Yeah, I think the interesting part about the pandemic was in healthcare was that it focused everybody quickly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Everything else fell away. You know, we often talk in product about peanut butter strategies and spreading ourselves too thin. But what the pandemic did was it put a laser pointer on the things that we had to do, right? It was all around safety, making sure that there was enough PPE, making sure that our frontline staff was safe, making sure that our patients were safe, making sure that, you know, we would all weather the storm um, together and in the safest way possible. So, as you can imagine, that also meant working differently. I mean, every industry had that, right? Everybody, you know, digital became the the thing that, you know, pushed everybody's digital transformation the fastest was absolutely the pandemic. And there was no different in healthcare. And so for us, it was fueled to the fire to make things happen faster. So virtual health is a great example 
of that and how it came to be. So, you know, we had been dabbling in the space for a while, but, you know, even with the government models and payer models, and there was never a, there was a market for it, but there wasn't a huge market for it. And with the pandemic, it created a marketplace for virtual health almost overnight. And so we had to speed all of the things that we were trying to do. And if you think about, you know, moving an entire system of people, a healthcare system of people onto virtual visits, we did what probably would have taken us, you know, 18 months to two years, we did it in about three weeks. And so, you know, that's not, that's not just a product team, like that's an entire organization, and a lot of great leadership, you know, throughout the organization, really focusing and concentrating on what's the right thing to do for the community in order to keep people safe. And so when you have that type of mission and it's driving you, that focus can move mountains and it can move them quickly. And so, you know, I'm super proud of Ohio Health for all of the work that they've done in that space. We put a thousand providers on virtual visits in that short amount of time. And, you know, the the product team that was born out of that kind of after the fact, you know, has really, you know, kind of continued in that in, in that tradition and pressing the work because, you know, now we're all used to working and living differently. And virtual health will be a really important part of some of the things that we had talked about earlier in terms of making things accessible, making things more affordable, giving better access to people. So, you know, the work that we're the foundation that we're laying is also the foundation for the future. Yeah, it's it's incredible what people can do together in the presence of, you know, dire circumstances and chaos. And it just it when you said, you know, something that would normally take like, I think you said like 18 months and doing that in the span of, I'm assuming roughly like three weeks, I just, I don't even know how you do that. Like that's, that's unbelievable to be able to organize and to put in place all the mechanisms and then just, you know, start to do everything that you need to do in that short of a a period, I guess, like how, how on earth, I mean, my question is weird, but like how, how on earth did you do that? Like, how do you, (laughs) you know, I mean, well, I, I'll tell you, I mean, Ohio health is, you know, we have amazing leaders throughout the system and, you know, that's really like, there's not, there's no like one star that sticks out, right? Like that is a combined effort of and focused energy. Right. And Mm -hmm. so understanding what the problem is and then getting down to work and then everybody being focused on it. And so that's how that comes about. And I mean, it gets very, um, in that particular time, particularly at the beginning of COVID, it was very delivery focused, right? It was all about the solution and how fast you can deliver it. And so huge kudos to our IT partners and our operational partners, you know, to be able to drive that much change into the business that quickly. I mean, that was an all hands on deck, right? And the way that hospital systems work is, at least for Ohio Health, is, you know, we have incident commands and every hospital has command centers. And so really working as one unit was incredibly important. And so, you know, having a centralized command center who was kind of looking over all of the work that was coming in was incredibly important and very helpful during that time so that everybody could remain focused on the things that they had to do. Yeah. I mean, even just, uh, you know, to, to be 
a little personal is like you as a product leader during that time, like, did you develop any kind of sense on like how to be an effective product leader when you're, when you're going through something like that? I think, I mean, I don't know that it's, I wouldn't call it product leader. I think it's just Mm. leader. Right. And I mean, it goes back to those things that I talked about earlier. Like how do you remove the barriers for your team? How do you connect people that you know are doing different things in the organization so that you're all moving in the same direction, right? It's about communication. It's about what's that story so that you know that one team over here is doing something and you have to connect it to something that another team is doing. And so it was just a lot of conversations during that time to make sure that people were connecting in the right ways, right? And then communicating that out to not just even within our walls, right? Our communications team is awesome but also to the community, right? I mean, everybody was scared. And so, I mean, I think people still are. So, you know, making sure that those um, those opportunities are there for people to understand what's happening. You know, we're seeing that now with the vaccine. So making sure that we're being as transparent as possible in our communication, trying to remove all of that friction that exists. You know, it's not, it, it, again, like these are... I, COVID is the gift that keeps giving in that respect. Like it's just constant, like, you know, like what's the next thing and COVID's going to be with us for a while. And I, I say um, gift that keeps on giving, you know, tongue in cheek. Like, I don't mean that it's really a gift, right? Of um, but yeah. you know, I, I think that it's one of those things that it did focus the organization and we're really driving to make sure that those experiences are easy for, for patients, customers, consumers, however, you know, whatever bucket people fall into, because this is a stressful time. So. Yeah. And, and of course I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Not that it's an actual gift, but it's just that like when you have situations of hardship, it can sort of be like a fire that forges you to, to, you know, be the best version of yourself. And and sometimes that, that doesn't happen, but I think it speaks a lot to the organization and to, to what everyone on your team is doing to be able to continue to push forward and, and continue to innovate. So I guess my question is like, it, it is now, especially now around like things like the vaccine and, and that sort of stuff from an outsider's perspective, you know, we don't really know what's going on, uh, you know, inside these systems. Does it still feel like a five alarm fire is going off and, and, and it, or how would you compare it now to like at the beginning of the pandemic? Is it still going wild? <laughs> um, no, I, I would, it's not, it's not like it was at the beginning. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that we've, um, you know, as a system, we, we now it's part of our lives, um, in a lot of ways. However, you know, when the vaccine kicked in, And also, you know, we had a really big surge um, at the beginning of winter. So those two things together, right? I mean, like making sure that we have enough staff in the hospitals, you know, and products that we had built earlier to make sure that, you know, we understand system system capacity and what's happening. We also um, built some experiences for return to work and symptom checker and things like that. And so, you know, having those things in place was super important. But I, I don't think it feels quite like a five alarm fire anymore. You know, there's still a lot of work. I mean, the vaccine is interesting, obviously, because the rules around it keep changing. And so at the very beginning, when vaccines started to come into our lives, you know, we didn't have an understanding um, from the governor about like, who was going to go first, who was going to go second. And so understanding those waves and things like that, now that all of that has been settled out, the biggest challenge now is more around just how much vaccine we're getting so that we know how many appointment slots to open. 
but it's more well-oiled, but it will continue to be something that kind of percolates as, you know, so, you know, Johnson and Johnson just announced, it looks like the FDA will um, likely approve that. So like that will change things on our end. So there are changes that happen, but it's not, it doesn't feel as five alarm fiery um, hmm. as a year ago, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I kind of want to ask you about, you know, healthcare in general and your thoughts. I mean, when we talked before, we talked about sort of traditional healthcare technology and kind of how that's changing. And I guess just from your experience, what do you think are some of the things that, that, you know, hospitals and health systems should be thinking about and to really improve the system and innovate these days, you know, even aside from pandemic stuff? It's a good question. I think that it's really about, to me, it's about consumer centricity, right? Or, you know, being um, human centered design, because when you put the human at the center, it changes your, your viewpoint. And I think for the longest time, healthcare, it either just took, you know, a, a clinician centered viewpoint, or it just never really took a viewpoint where the customer had anything to say or made any impact, right? Like we served the customer, but I don't know that we put this, the, the customer in the center of what we were doing. And so I think to me, that's the opportunity is that that consumerism mindset and understanding that at the end of the day, consumers do have choices, right? I mean, it, it's a big wide world and there are lots of things and disruptors are, are plenty um, coming into the healthcare space. And so to me, that's the opportunity is to listen and to to walk in those shoes. You know, that's that first step of design thinking, that empathy step you know, what is it? Like, you know, why is this, why does healthcare have to be so painful? It doesn't have to be. It's just that it's been set up that way. And so we have that opportunity. And so that to me is the greatest place for innovation and change because there's all that friction sitting there. If you could look out and and look at the healthcare industry, you you know, 10 years from now, how do you, how do you think it will, will look, uh, you know, how, how do you think the, the customer experience will be different from what it is today? God, I hope it's vastly different, right? I mean, <laughs> I think that, I mean, the technologies that are coming that are happening so rapidly, like just in terms of what voice will do in the healthcare space, what, you know, just the, the connected devices will do in this space, how virtual health will change what's happening what I mean, I, I, I can't 10 years. Oh, my God. It, I mean, in digital, that seems, you know, so feels like it could be a completely different world. And so I don't know that I have a great answer for that. You know, I mean, mm. I think that from my perspective, what I would love to see is more control sitting with the consumer. You know, one of the things that, you know, I've talked about in the past is who owns your medical record right now? It's not you. And that's a problem, right? Like that's your information. You should be the one who controls it, not the hospital system, not, you know, Epic or whoever, you know, whatever, um, you know, EMR. Those, Those types of things have to change. That information, that's yours. And you should be the one who gets to control it. And so I think that there's a lot of opportunity in that space in particular to put the control back into the customer's hands. And that would also be really freeing for healthcare systems so that they don't have to be the ones who are, you know, um, in charge of some of that data and information. Hmm, gotcha. Well, uh, Sarah, this has been super fascinating, and I'm I'm really happy that we we got a chance to sit down and chat um, and, and get a look inside 
your work and, you know, the, the hospital systems and healthcare and all of that stuff. And I guess for people that want to, you know, follow Sarah Saldoff, where should they find you? Where can they find what you're doing? Um, you know, I'll actually direct you um, to Ohio Health Channels. I mean, you can absolutely, you know, follow me, um, you know, on Twitter. I'm pretty locked down um, in most of my social media, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. That's a great place to, you know, try to connect with me. But also, you know, look at Ohio Health. You know, we're doing some great things. And if you want to know what we're up to, you can see it kind of splattered across all of our um, social media channels um, in that perspective. But if you really want to reach out to me, um, LinkedIn is probably the best place to do that. All right. Well, awesome. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Need some help with product? AWH is a digital product consulting, user experience, and software development firm here to help you create great digital products. Check out www.awh.net or follow us on Twitter at awhnet to learn more. Thank you.